Hi everyone, it's Lou from Sober Free and Be A Me. Thank you for finding me and welcome to my podcast. Each week I will be speaking to other like-minded people to discover what it was like for them during their drinking days, why they decided to quit and what their life is like now they're sober. In between each episode, you'll find me on Instagram at Sober Free and Be A Me. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, it's Lou from Sober Free and Be Me. Um, I'm on my first podcast this evening with a lovely guest called Patricia from Belfast. So welcome, Patricia. It's good to have you. Hi, you, um, Lou. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, so what we'll do, we'll have a little bit of an intro, have a conversation around like what it was like for you when you were drinking, you know, why you decided to stop drinking and kind of what it's like for you now kind of thing. So are you all right to give us a little bit of an overview, Patricia, and introduce yep. yourself? Yep, so I'm from Belfast. Um, I'm almost 45 years old. Um, I have two adult children, um, but we'll come to that, I'm sure, later on. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I've been sober for almost 13 years now. Wow. So quite quite a while in recovery. Um, I was drinking for a long time before that, uh, from being a teenager until 32. Yeah. So a lot long time. Um my life was very chaotic. Um, you know, al- alcoholics um we come from all different walks of life and we, we all have different journeys to get us into recovery. My particular one was pretty rocky. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't uh the most pleasant stories and um, my life's completely different now Um, I'm very sporty I love reading basically I have the most boring life you could imagine <laughs> <laughs> but for me it's perfection yeah I said this earlier to someone it's just so nice being boring isn't it because you're in yeah. control of your faculties you know yeah. what's going on you know there's yeah. no risk of hurting anyone or you getting exactly. hurt exactly you know it's lovely isn't it who'd have thought exactly. it eh? <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay cool so you said you've been sober since did you say 2009 yeah so the yeah. 4th of October 2009 so in a couple of weeks it'll be 30 I'll be a teenager Lou, <laughs> in a couple of weeks time uh, as one of my AA friends or sorry oh as one of my friends has said to me yeah that's all right would it be a teenager <laughs> yeah because we they call it your sobriety birthday and your belly button yeah birthday, they do they? yeah <laughs> yeah that's fantastic that's really a long time and you know like we said when we first sort of joined the call it's not really how much time you've got is it because each day is a new day and we're so yeah. just for the day you know yeah yeah and I shouldn't really get any accolades for doing what I should be doing anyway <laughs> I shouldn't really be drinking myself to death so <laughs> like you know it's not really that big of congratulations that I'm still alive do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> I do um so okay cool are you okay to kind of talk about like what your main consequences were when you were drinking yeah um so I my drinking had a lot of consequences um the main consequence would have been having my children uh removed um I I used to say removed from my care um having the children rescued from my lack of care 
Um, unfortunately, my alcoholism um, took me to quite a lot of depths. Um, there were also other drugs involved as well at certain points in my 20s, which really helped to progress my, my alcoholism quite a lot. Um, managed to get rid of the other kind of drugs, but saw alcohol as not being an issue because you can buy it in Asda or Tesco. You know, you don't yeah. have to go to your dealer. It's kind of the innocuous one, isn't it? It's yeah. the cunning and baffling one. Um. So that that was kind of the first major consequence was my marriage and and the kids. You know, uh, the kids were really little when when they were uh, when they went to live elsewhere. You know, and uh, you know I've never brought my children up, which is really sad. But you know, like like you've just said, Lou, we you know we cannot dwell in the past. You know it it you know it it's it's been it's gone. You know yeah. all we can do is kind of like you said, live for today. Um. You know, my, my other consequences were losing jobs, losing friendships. I was never fired from a job, but I was, mm. I, I left a lot of jobs before <laughs> I was fired, you know. Yeah. I turned up, I turned up for a lot of jobs, didn't do yeah. a huge amount of work in them, yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, and, but, but, you know, the, the losing my kids and, and my marriage and, and jobs and all of that, that, that all happened a long time before I stopped drinking, you know, that was seven years before I stopped drinking. And you would think, I, I didn't know before I came into recovery, that people with, this is going to sound so big headed, but people with a first class honours degree couldn't possibly be an alcoholic. Yeah, I get what you You know saying. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, you know, I have like this degree, I have all these qualifications, I have all this future ahead of me. And, you know, it just, it just baffles me now that I couldn't see for a mm. lot of years that I was alcoholic. It's, it's so insidious, this, this illness, you know, and it is an illness, you know, um, I, you know, it, it's not a choice, you know, for me, it wasn't yeah, a choice. It, it was an illness and one that told me I did not have it. Mm. So that was the consequence, the, the ultimate consequences that got me into into recovery where being sectioned was a big one <laughs> so having my liberty removed was certainly quite a big one uh, I would say that probably was my rough bottom so to speak yeah. um trying to jump in front of a train was another one um you know um I'm very 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 lucky to be here I'm very lucky to be alive um a lot of people with the same illness that we have aren't you know have have jumped in front of the trains etc you know so I'm very grateful that I'm not, you know, so it had a lot of consequences, physical, psychological, mental, you know, and I still feel some of the, the post-trauma from that today, you know, it's had a, it's had a long, you know, it has a lifetime impact on you, but, yeah. you know, but we can recover, you know. Yeah, no, I, I completely relate to a lot of what you said. I haven't got kids, you know, so I can't mm. fully relate to that, but what you said around, you know, I didn't go to uni or anything, but still, mm. like, because... I don't look like a homeless person yeah obviously the stereotype of someone yeah. being an alcoholic you know I didn't yeah. think I had the illness I thought oh no I'm not a tramp on a park bench with yeah. a bottle in a brown bag I'm not alcoholic and stuff you know and that's just how society has kind of conjured up that image you know like you touched yeah. on a minute ago around alcohol being like the most easiest well because it's legal it's so easy to get hold yeah. of isn't it and that's the danger with it and it's accepted you know, you it know it's socially accepted and in fact 
not drinking now it's gotten better over the years i have to say um since i came into recovery it has the attitudes are changing i think yeah a lot of celebrities have a good part in that to play such as russell band and people like that of bringing mm-hmm. it to the forefront and saying look this what you know so recovery is more in, in the limelight now but people look at you strangely if you don't drink yeah and it's like you wouldn't look at someone strangely if they didn't take cocaine or speech yeah. you know what I mean so it's, <laughs> it is a funny one you know when you say oh I don't drink I would say attitudes about that have got a lot better recently though and um, mm, that people definitely. are just like all right you know yeah but, it is more um, accepted isn't it for a while like especially like 10 years ago it was especially you know being in, in Belfast you know it's yeah we, we love we love a drink in Ireland you know it's <laughs> Yeah, and especially yeah. if you're not drinking at Christmas or something. Mm. And people are like, why are mm-hmm. you drinking? It's Christmas. Mm. And I found the more people goad you for a reason as to why you're not drinking, mm-hmm. the more they have an issue, like tend to not be able yes. to understand because they have their own issues, if yes. you know what I mean. Absolutely. Mm. Normally, nine times out of ten, people who have an issue with me not drinking are people who want me to drink with them. So absolutely agree with you there, you know, and, you know, and I just say, no, I, I had enough, you know, I used to drink and I had enough, which is a hundred percent true. I did. I absolutely had enough, you know? Yeah, that's it. And I suppose that sort of segues on to my next question around kind of why you decided to, to quit drinking. What was it ultimately that made you think I've decided enough? Um, I woke up one morning after a binge and it wasn't even the worst drink I've had. Um, I did end up being a 24-7 drinker. So I was a four-wall, 24-7. Alcoholism's progressive, as you know, Lou. And my alcoholism progressed really, really far to the point where I was just drinking, you know, and not eating or anything. Um, You know, I chose, I, I kept on that journey for a long, long time. You know, a lot of people get off sooner you know when and are still binging you know but I so I came off a, a drink you know that and it wasn't my worst drink nothing really happened you know it, it it was a pretty boring drink if I'm honest I'd been sectioned I got out of being sectioned and I was drinking on some medication that I shouldn't have been and I, I thought when I got out of the hospital and I remember sending a consultant there is no way I will drink on this medication and I firmly firmly meant it I want to sort my mental health out I want to get you know, I want to get well, I want to be all right, you know, I'm not yeah. well. And uh, and I remember sitting across from that consultant and saying, I will promise you, I will not drink alcohol with this. And I went back to the house and there was one glass, you know, there was some wine there. And, and I remember just thinking, I'll just have the one, Yeah. you know, and I had the one and then it turned into a binge over a few days. And it was, I woke up and, and had a moment of clarity. I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I'm an alcoholic. And it was just a moment of clarity. I knew in that moment that if I did not sort this out, if I did not stop drinking, that it was going to kill me. Mm. You know, and I just knew that moment and that was it. You know, from then I've just had enough, you know. But I'd had a lot of rock bottoms before then. Yeah, I get... Stopped stopped digging then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And like you say, it's not always the worst... um, What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not always like the worst time you've hit your rock bottom that makes you stop, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's something in your mind or a wake-up call and it just, you know when you've had enough and I think you need to have that, you know, you need to be completely ready to give up, don't yeah. you? I want to, because if you don't, it, you know, you'll pick yeah. up again and things. Um, yeah. I was like you, I was just absolutely fed up with it. Yeah. 
you know, having no control over my life and blacking out and ended up in police cells, you know, as you know, and, and mm-hmm. your mental health and all oh. the consequences. And what yeah. a bloody palaver going on like yeah. that, wasn't it? You know, it's yeah. such hard work to keep that lifestyle oh. up. <laughs> and we do so much damage, you know. Yeah. A lot of us, like myself, are prone to severe anxiety and depression anyway. Yeah. And then what do we do? We're throwing a depressant drug on top of that. And no wonder we end up in such a bad state. You know, it took a long time. You know, I still take medication now. Yeah. You know, so for I, it. Yeah. Because yeah, because you know, it it it, t- it took a long time, you know, to to get into the state mm. we got into, you know, and it it you know, and I, I don't think I'll ever, you know, well, I know I'll never be fully recovered from being alcoholic. I'm always going to be alcoholic. If I pick up a drink, I'm yeah. going to keep drinking and all bets are off, you know. But um, as well, I don't, my my mental health isn't, I don't believe ever going to be fully recovered from the trauma I put myself through with the mm. alcoholism, you know. Yeah, I completely get Yeah, I mean, when I must have been I must have been a year into sobriety my anxiety went off the walls like yeah I had to have CBT and go on yeah Alipram and things and I'm still on yeah. Alipram a really low dose and to be yeah. honest I know some people say oh you shouldn't be on but for me that completely numbs the who anxiety. are they <laughs> I, I want to know who those people are who say you shouldn't be on medication it works for That's me bollocks, you know, I'm sorry yeah, but it works, <laughs> if you it works. need it it works for me I'm yeah. not you know it numbs the anxiety I go out and do yeah. things and try things now which I yeah. wasn't before and that works for me you know and it works for you and we don't have to explain yeah. ourselves and no you know, um I have but- had periods not on medication you know but it just it comes to a point where sometimes I need it again for a while you know and that's absolutely fine it doesn't make me any more or less sober-minded you know it's yeah. it's and in fact somebody close to me always says to me that um you know, like not taking things that we need to is a form of abuse as well. So it's, and yeah. I absolutely agree, not looking after our mental health, you know, is, is, is not, it's not self-care, is it? You know? No, you're right. You're right. Okay. What I was going to ask you next then is how did you get sober? Hmm. So I was going to um psychologist before I was in the, um in the psychiatric unit yeah um the psychologist um opened my eyes to a lot of things although I was still drinking the bits of the jigsaw were sort of coming together you know um I did get out of um when I re- when I had that moment of clarity and looked in the mirror and realized I was an alcoholic I did go to I rang somebody who I knew from the hospital actually it was another patient from the hospital whose dad was an addiction counselor yeah and she brought me to her dad and I had a a good session there you know for for a long time and and uh you know and and he just gave me a bit of counseling all around it and it was just you know it was really clear to me that I had to you know really do something about it I tried to get into rehabs um and treatment centers I didn't actually get into any Mm -hmm. um because of the medication I was on at the time so I didn't get to go to any so I was told um 12 step is is a good is it is if you want to be abstinent mm-hmm. if you think that you do have a serious problem with drink if you try 12 step that's that's going to be you know very beneficial for you and um, so that's kind of that's the, the way I've gone you know I'll not go too much into that because of you know our the traditions and anonymity yeah, and stuff fine. like that but um you know I do follow follow a 12-step program um and also then 
um, you talked about CBT and things like that. I've then since gone through different, um, having the 12 steps is the kind of the way I live my life, but then having all the different therapies and all the rest of it on top of that as well to deal mm-hmm. with the aftermath of everything. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And the underlying reasons as well, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I follow the same sort of path as you, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I still do 12 steps and I'm in service and things I don't tend mm. to go to many meetings nowadays mm. to be honest but I'm still mm-hmm. in contact with lots of people in you know various yeah and stuff and obviously doing this podcast and things um, yeah and I just think like you said you know you face up to things doing the steps and stuff don't you and have to yeah you do of, absolutely you know, look at yourself yeah. in the mirror and no, it's going yeah. to be difficult getting through that part of it but once yeah. you kind of come out the other side it yeah. opens your eyes and you feel much better yeah. about things and you know um, absolutely and and the helping others things is is a big uh, the biggest part for me is remembering where I came from yeah because I think the biggest challenge for me now is because I don't because my life is so far removed from what it was, it is like having a complete, well, it is having a completely different life. You know, my life is extremely chaotic. It's now extremely boring, or as I prefer <laughs> to say, settled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's not born by any stretch of the imagination, actually. I do a lot of things. But, um, you know, the, the main thing for me now that I have to be careful of is not being complacent. Mm. So being in contact with people who are going through it to remind myself of what it's like. Yeah. because you see the brain it's alcoholism is very tricky you know it it you know what they do say it's the only illness in the world that'll tell you you don't have it you know it it do, it does sort of say to you from time to time what does for me anyway it wasn't that bad yeah you know and that's the alcoholism talking you know that's the addiction yeah. talking so I think you know being in contact and connection with others and with you know a, a, for me a power that's greater than me is you know staying in constant contact with others and the power is, is you know for me it's a part of nature kind of um, yeah, is you. is very very important yeah and meditation yeah yeah and, I and mean, exercise <laughs> yeah definitely exercise um you can so easily forget can't you um yeah how bad it was even three yeah. years ago three years ago isn't that long ago but like I remember mm. in my early days and it's you know, you go to meetings and you pick up chips, you know, every month and it's like, oh my God. And then the year comes and then you've got the gap of a year between mm. year one and year two. And that's when yeah. I kind of felt like a bit complacent because you're not reminded every month. You're not picking something up every month to yeah. sort of celebrate and stuff. And you're not um, the newcomer anymore. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. yeah. And it is, and it is yeah. about the newcomer, isn't it? It's always it about send, you know, hi everyone. Like, you know, you're new. Like, they want to know how you got sober, how you stayed sober. And we have to send the message across and, you know, pass what we've learned to other people because that's how mm-hmm. it keeps evolving, isn't it? And yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah. Stuff, you know, um, okay, cool. Next question then. What are your three tips on staying sober? Hmm. (laughs) okay um staying sober or getting sober staying Hmm. because getting is quite easy isn't it you can yeah initially but it's staying for some people it is but I have to say for a hell of a lot of people who I know know getting sober is is extremely difficult Mm. and what I would say to that is to just keep trying not to give up ever um, staying sober 
would be keeping on doing whatever it is that keeps you sober in the first place, you know. So so keeping on um with whatever things you do, like for me, the meditation and all the rest of it, um, constantly kind of looking at myself, looking at my behavior, looking yeah. at my behavior keeps me sober, you know. Um making sure I don't slip into old behaviors. Mm. That would be a key thing. And not slipping into other addictions yes so being mindful being mindful being present making sure that i'm not using other things instead of alcohol like shopping like sex like relationships <laughs> like yeah you know girl what i mean food. <laughs> yeah food binge yeah, eating ice cream <laughs> yeah even exercise overly exercise yeah. you know all these behaviors because what that can do in the end what i've seen so many times is that that indulging in that kind of behavior and becoming addicted to different things can lead you back to your primary addiction Mm -hmm. so it's just being present and you know what the main tip for me as well if about staying sober is is being grateful yeah I'm so grateful for everything that I've got today and you know being alcoholic it's a bit shit <laughs> you know people can uh you know looking from the outside you know not really the hand you want dealt is it really no. <laughs> however I doubt very much I would have the gratitude for my life that I have you know and I don't sweat the small stuff you know yeah. I've been through the you know through the mill you know um and so I don't take things for granted really you know I don't I, I'm very very grateful and and I don't really get upset by kind of put it this way when I'm in work and people yeah. are stressing out because their dress hasn't arrived from ASOS in time for a wedding you know it's like <laughs> and this is the worst thing in the world it's like hang on a minute what do I tell you there are other worse things that can happen to you do you know what I mean so I think staying grateful and keeping doing what you're doing and keeping in touch with others yeah great advice great advice and you made me laugh there because you just said about when you're at work and Mm. that is so true because I don't flap at work anymore I used Mm. to but I just suddenly took a step back and thought why am I you know I don't I don't have any loyalty to this company if they wanted to get me they would you know and vice versa so when things pop up now I just literally say to my team at the end of the day we're not saving lives like yeah you know it's a job but it's not the end of the world so don't kind of worry about it so Mm -hmm. much it is it's about putting other things into perspective isn't it that we probably wouldn't have had the gift of being able to do if we kind of didn't absolutely alcoholism you know absolutely Mm. have to look at the positives yeah even if we are raging alcoholics (laughs) glass half full people excuse the pun (laughs) absolutely we are indeed (laughs) very true (laughs) okay cool what would you say then um the biggest gift is that sobriety has given you if you had to name one thing being able to be responsible being trusted yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't tr- I, you wouldn't have trusted me to look after your goldfish, you know what I mean? I wasn't trusted to look after my own children. Mm. You know, now I'm trusted, you know, I'm trusted, I'm a teacher now, so I'm trusted with the class fulls of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, classrooms full. Uh, you know, I'm trusted, you know, and I am trusted and I am responsible, you know, and, and I can be, I am trustworthy. Yeah. You know, I'm, my kids trust me, my my adult children trust me, you know, that I'm gonna do what I say I'll do. Mm. Um, you know, people's people like let me look after their children, 
you know, I have a friend who lets me look after a tiny, tiny baby, you know, and, and they, they all know my, my background. They know. But I think that's the, the greatest gift mm-hmm. is being able to show up for people. Yeah. And stick and committing to things, isn't it? Like if you say not, you're going to do something, yeah. you do it, you know. Not letting people die wherever possible. Yeah. You know, we're only human at the end of the day, but yeah, as much as possible, not letting people die and owning our part in it. You know, if we've done, if we've done something, just owning up and, you know, just being trusted, trustworthy. Yeah, absolutely. And it is little, it's, you know, that kind of thing for someone, I suppose, who isn't suffering with alcoholism wouldn't kind of look at that as something as a gift but because we've got hindsight I suppose of what we used to be like and how we used to treat people yeah those kind of things really matter now don't you like about yeah being present when we're company of something someone Mm -hmm. and stuff you know Mm -hmm. um brilliant thanks Patricia so I've got one more question for you then um if you had one piece of advice for anyone new to sobriety what would it be to get right in the middle of the boat no matter what you way you've chosen there's a lot of different ways to get sober you know um 12 step is one of them it suits some people you know it suits a lot of people not necessarily to be all and an end all for everyone do you know it doesn't have the monopoly on on recovery so whatever it is you're doing it's stick at it you know just stick at it you mightn't see results quickly you know it took it took I would say it took a couple of years for my head to clear it was mm. you know it was in it I was in a pretty bad state but it does take the mind a long time I think to recover we've put ourselves through trauma you know in reco- in addiction in active addiction we've been killing ourselves with alcohol you know it's been drinking abnormally yeah. and putting our mental health you know through the ringer so it's like take it easy and and don't expect results overnight you know you're not going to put the drink down and feel amazing mm-hmm. you know it it takes a long time and you know it really does and it's it's a process it's a journey you know so just kind of like try and try your best to 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 accept where you're at yeah you know and to accept oh and also accept all the help you can get Mm. all the help you can get whether it be from professionals whether it be from friends whether it be from from meetings whether it be from whatever you know we've got great things now like zoom meetings on all the time and and we've got a whole world online of, of recovery so it's like take all the help you can get and make it the number one thing in your life if you make your recovery your sobriety the most important thing in your life then everything else will work out it'll be fine but it's not overnight there's no quick fixes you see and we want a quick fix don't we because we're alcoholics always but it's not a quick fix (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) I do and I think as well it's a case of be easy on yourself when you go in yeah you know when you you first become sober because as you've just said you want it all now you want to feel feel fixed but it's not you know once you've put the drink down that's kind of when the hard work starts with the internal Mm. sorting out and things isn't it and yeah I just think like you said get in the middle of the bed get contact with other people in the same boat Mm -hmm. as you you know yeah so much help and it's pretty much all there is a lot now Mm -hmm. yeah definitely there's a lot more now even than there was 13 years ago you know Mm. um there's a lot more help out there you know 
there's a lot more podcasts there's a yes. lot of you know there's but there is it's great there's you know 24 hour meetings yes you know worldwide. you know it's a great it's a great time to get sober guys if you want to yeah. you want to stop drinking you know it's a it's a good time for it you know it really is yeah exactly all right patricia you've been absolutely brilliant this is the first podcast I've had a guest on, and what well done. person to pick? You're brilliant and well done. natural. <laughs> thank you. So thank you for making it easy for me. Um, I'm going to stop the recording there. Um, Okie dokie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good.